Hey, this is Benjamin Boyce, and I'm going to present you somebody who identifies as Esther O'Reilly. We speak about Christianity and her idea that Jordan Peterson is a gateway, not to the alt-right, but to a return to Christianity for people who grew up in the church and didn't feel a connection to it. She thinks that Jordan Peterson is providing means for Christianity to become meaningful to people who've fallen out of that faith. I challenge her in a way that probably not a lot of other people would challenge her. I just don't think she's radical enough. Anyways, this is what you're going to get this time. I know it's a little different than normal, but I think there's something fruitful here. Here you go. Why would you say that you're a conservative Christian? What's the foundation for that and your relationship to the world? Like you believe in the literal truth of the Bible or in yeah. a, a formal uh, form of interpretation of that literal truth? Yeah, I, I, I do take, take the Bible literally. Um, but I, I think there are good reasons to do so. Um, and, and, you know, we, we can we can get into this, but that was something that fascinated me so much about the debate between Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris, um, which was that Sam kept trying to come back over and over again to like, well, yeah, but I know, Jordan, when you talk about God, you know, you're saying, well, God is the manifestation of the, the whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, but I'm talking about the people who believe that God is a literal figure mm-hmm. who created the world and answers prayers and stuff. And I okay. think people get confused, you know. Uh, so there is a reality to God that isn't uh, in a Petersonian framework is this abstract goal above all goals. Peterson does a lot of apologetics to make it make sense to people who don't take it literally. Um, but I don't get the sense that he's had a personal experience of the divine. But maybe he does, but he always dresses it up in psychedelic talk. Um, yeah. It, well, and I mean, he's been open about his experimentation with psychedelics in the past. So um, no doubt that's playing playing a role here. Um, no, I mean, Peterson's own religious background was um, United Church of Canada, I think, mm-hmm. which is, you know, one of these mainline denominations. And, you know, it's very, you know, it's very run through the motions Christianity. You know, it's it's not it's not a denomination that really encourages um a holistic Christian worldview or, or encourages a deep study of scripture or like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's understand why we believe what we believe. Let's talk about having a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, we just go to church because you, know, you, you go to church. That's what people do. So uh, it, it completely makes sense to me that he would just drift from that and feel like there was no there there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I see him as, I don't want to call him an, an atheist because I think he is genuinely open to he, he does leave the door open metaphysically. So open agnostic probably would, would best describe him. And he definitely presents as more open to new ideas than somebody like Harris or, or the mm-hmm. new atheists. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, ah, you know, we've been there, done that, won the argument, never mind, moving on. And Peterson's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, I don't know. What, what the hell do you know? You know, that's his big yeah. uh, shtick, you know. Um, but do at the you- same time. In your your article, you say that, um, I'm going to totally put words uh, onto your article, but it seems like you want to position Peterson as a gateway, not to the alt-right, but to Christianity or to a spiritual relationship with a living God. That's what it seems like you were trying to say. 
Yes. Well, and he's he's been that gateway. I mean, I have data on this. I, you know, I have a friend in England who's uh, an evangelist, like a, a Christian evangelist, and he said everywhere he's gone in the year 2018, he's encountered people, mostly younger guys, who are suddenly interested in Christianity and in coming to church mm-hmm. as as a direct result of of Peterson. Um, and then, you know, because he's in turn friendly to Peterson and he gets Peterson, he can connect with them instead of being like, oh, well, I don't really know who Peterson is. That's kind of weird. You know, he's like, ooh, cool. Let's have a talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the gateway to the alt-right stuff, I mean, yeah, that's that ridiculous. That, well, exactly. I know. But to many people, it's not. And I had this debate with a, a humanist uh, clergyman uh, named James Croft. And, you know, the first third or so of, of the broadcast was him trying to insist that Peterson is a gateway drug to the alt-right and me saying, no, he's not. Can we please move on and talk about something more interesting? You know, which we did. Fortunately, people can go listen Mm -hmm. to that if they like. But how would he be a gateway to Christianity then? Well, because he takes the Bible seriously. Um, Even though though he's he's cautious about, um, you know, he doesn't want to, he still wants to kind of remain above it all in a, in a literal sense. He doesn't want to make a commitment because that would require a lot more study on his part. Um, he he sees the Bible as a reflection of deep realities about human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he talks about things like sin and uh, and repentance and the fear of God, there's, I mean, remarkable clip about the fear of God and, and about how you, you never get away with anything in this life. And if you twist the fabric of reality, it'll snap back at you. That's mm-hmm. profound stuff. Um, and he connects that to the biblical stories in a way that a lot of people have never heard before. Um, and it's it's fresh for them. It's it's new for them. Was it and, new for you when he happened upon his biblical lectures? Or you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, no, I mean, because I, 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 I was very blessed to, to grow up in a, a very intellectually rich um, you know, grounded Christian upbringing where we, yeah, I mean, a lot of the points he made, like about Jacob and Esau, I thought that's how that's how I've thought of that story too. You know, um, what was like, the like, point that he made? Just so. You know. Oh well, you know he he he's just talking about the the character of, of Jacob that he's this trickster figure and he's pulling mm-hmm. a fast one on his brother, um, and then after all these years have gone by and he sees Esau coming, he thinks, oh shh. Esau's hmm. gonna be so mad at me, and so he's like, "Uh, send send uh, animals and stuff on ahead to 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 let him know that I, I really don't want him to be mad at me." That he comes and he's bowing. He's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was such a jerk. Please forgive me." And Esau's like, "Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. It's okay. It's okay. Come here, <laughs> come here, man. He gives gives him a hug. It's okay, little kid brother." Uh-huh. Um, so you know, he makes that vivid. He makes it come alive. He's such a gifted communicator, you know, yeah. and. Whereas before it was just oh yeah these boring old you know yes. things my the coloring pages in my Sunday school book or whatever and it just went like this yes. and now it's like oh wow it's just coming alive for people mm-hmm. in a fresh way. But even though he takes the Bible seriously, he still takes it figuratively. Whereas you would say you yes. take it literally. Yeah, and I do. I'm sure you yeah. even in that you probably don't take everything literally. Like seven well, days and six thousand years ago. Like yeah, that? correct. I do. Yeah, that's that's too narrow of, of, a, of a reading. And we could get into that a little bit as okay. well. But um, yeah, I think Peterson, in a sense, Peterson's phenomenon, his success is a reflection of 
some things I don't think the church has done very well. Um, and and what one aspect of that is a, a very, very narrow focus on you have to interpret this bit of the Bible in this one particular way or else like if you pull on this thread, the whole thing will come tumbling down and you can't believe anything anymore. Uh, that's been really damaging, I think, especially mm-hmm. to, to young mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this uh, one growing up Christian um, and uh, and then anyways, and then um, even to this day, I'm still kind of uh, not peeved, but kind of annoyed by the whole contradiction argument. Like the Bible's full of contradictions. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I don't really find that necessarily um, um, a plausible way to to denigrate what the Bible's showing. I, I'm yeah. I'm like the Bible's full of connections, and exactly. the connections yeah. is the active work of like interacting with this text and then interpreting this ancient text into your modern life. The contradiction it's not a logical document, and to read it like that is a fundamental error. Um, well, I, I think my my I'm also peeved with that argument, but I I think what what I would say about that argument is that very often it's just based on. Um, laziness and so the kinds of things that will be presented as contradictions are like not actually contradictions when you look at it so the fact that people can have more than one name uh, the fact that the same person could be uh, the fact that different people could have the same name um, or you know I mean it's yeah it's just laziness if you look at this chart that Harris likes to use that's where a lot of those come from you know yeah but even though even though it's not a logical document, um, you still need some sort of uh, rules of engagement with it in order not to take it wrong. Because there's just as many wrong ways to take, probably even more wrong ways to take the Bible, as there are or than there are right ways to take the Bible. You you need to engage with it in a specific manner. And I would think that there's certain principles that you, that that you base it on. And and Peterson's pretty close to those central principles. Like this is a document that's teaching us realities about being a human being in this world. Well, I I don't know that I would agree necessarily that it's that it's not a logical document. Um I do hmm. think we yeah, I do think we have good good evidence um, about its you know its its provenance um, and at its 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 historicity, particularly in the case of the New Testament, where we're you know we're closer than we are to the Old Testament. Now, I mean, there are bits of it. Like to give one example, I don't think that the Book of Job uh, is intended to be historical. That it has characteristics to me of uh, mm-hmm. of being. A, you know, a, a myth. So I kind of view the book of Job the way Peterson views the whole Bible pretty much, or at least the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But I would diverge from him at that. I mean, I think King David was a, a historical character. Um, I think King Hezekiah was historical. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I do, in fact, when I look at the, the preponderance of evidence, I do, in fact, believe that God, there is a, a literal God who did literally reveal himself in particular to to the Jews, um, mm-hmm. and then moving into the New Testament, I think that Christ was actually uh, God on on Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, did the things recorded about Him. Mm-hmm. But that's a cumulative case, and and this is where I actually appreciated what Sam Harris was saying in his debate with Peterson. He said, "So are you implying that um, that stupid people need their myths uh, because?" But but we people who are rational, we we kind of know this isn't 
literally true, like you can't take it literally, but mm-hmm. there are people who, who need to, or else uh, their house of cards will fall down. They won't have a compass to, to guide them through life, because that seems kind of patronizing in that case. Mm-hmm. And I thought that point stung. I thought I thought there was, there was something to that. Um, clearly, I, I'm not a fan of Sam Harris, but there were things he said in that debate that I think were important, um, because he was trying to sort of get at this, well, you know, yes, Santa Claus, for example, Santa Claus is an, is an archetypal kind of figure. So in that sense, oh, right, we could say Santa Claus is real, air quotes around real. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we become men, we put away childish things, right, yeah, as it yeah. says in the Bible. And yeah. we stop playing pretend. And so the Peterson is like, but do we, though? You know, and he wants to kind of do this this psychological yeah, you know, he's got his grand Jungifying theory, I, I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that's all, all well and good, but Harris is like, yeah, 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 but what are we actually talking about here? Yeah. Let's get clear. Let's be yeah. clear about this. But do you think that, like, it's a literal interpretation of the Bible if uh, one does not believe in Jesus Christ, that they will never know heaven? Well, I mean, that's that's an incredibly broad that they will never know heaven that's not something that i can say with any certainty because i don't you know i don't know the final destiny of of anybody's soul Hmm. um so you know if you're thinking about let's say some some guy in a a tribal island who who never reads the bible or or hears about jesus or whatever is he just gonna like go straight to hell when he dies i'm not gonna say that that would be that would be silly um I, I think that I do think though that we we will encounter Christ in a in a literal personal fashion um, at some point and it may only be after after a person dies that he encounters Christ um, but I, I do think that Christ is the way to God and that he is um, he is life you know and, and that you need to come to know him um, in in order to in order to fulfill what I think is the the final purpose of, of man. Yeah, but what is, to, what does that God. mean? What is what does Christ mean? What what is that a figure of? Well, I, I believe Christ is a person. Um, you know, I, I don't just believe that that he's um, you know the the archetypal perfect man or, or whatever. But is um, he the same sort of person as you and I are right now? I mean, you can't you can't have a Skype with a Christ. Um, no, although I, I I do believe he has a he has a body, um, because he you know he he became he became incarnate, mm-hmm. um, but no I, I can't Skype with him and this is this is the thing I remember I was I was kind of talking past um, a, an acquaintance of mine a while back because he was kind of trying to get his head around my belief that God is is literally real and that Christ is literally literally real and he said but i mean if you climbed a mountain you don't believe you would get closer to god right like you, you don't think that going into outer space would would bring you physically closer so how can you believe that god is literally real then and and i i said well i mean it doesn't it's 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 not like that i i believe that there's that there's something outside of nature i don't believe nature is a closed system um and i think that that's really what gets to the heart of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, I, I don't believe that I I can empirically access God right now at, at the moment. I mean, not unless he 
chose to. Some people think that still happens. I'm, I'm skeptical about that. Hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that I, I don't believe he has a, a literal existence. And even in science, you know, we, we intuit the existence of, of things that we can't empirically access all the time, like yeah. um, a black hole, for example. No one's ever seen a black hole. But we look at the effects that it has on things around it. We look at how it bends light and whatnot. And we sort of reason our way to the existence of something like a, a black hole. And I think that's the way it is with um, with God, you know. Well, but how do you how do you reason your way into a relationship with a person? If Christ is a person and not a personification of traits, but an actual literal person who you cannot have empirical knowledge of, how do you form a relationship with this non-person person, this person that, that you can't have a personal relationship with in the same way that you have a personal relationship with another living human being? Well, I, I look at uh, the the moment in, in space and time where uh, he, he did, I believe, manifest himself in, in, in a very empirical, nitty-gritty, tangi tangible way. Um, to, to a group of, of people in, in first century Palestine. Hmm. And, and I look at the, the record that they left behind, and I, I use various you know, techniques to see if it seems like they were up close to the facts. And I think, I think like a good Bayesian, you know, I, as Coleman Hughes said in the wake of the Kavanaugh trials, I think about, okay, well, what would be more probable than not? Would we expect to see this body of, of data and evidence uh, if if this were not true, would we expect to see it if it were true? What does that ratio look like? You know, and so that leads me to to conclude that even though I I can't see Christ now, Christ did make himself real, and he left behind a record and and a witness um, hmm. of of who he was, and so that now he is a person with whom I I can communicate, and and he he will will hear me, even though at the moment I'm. There's there's that space time barrier between me and him, but I I, I can use that as evidence to to my belief that he's literally existing now. Yeah, but uh, so it's an indirect relationship. Like I just I don't know how you reason your way into a personal relationship with somebody. Isn't isn't there like isn't a relationship to be personal it has to be reciprocal? How do you have a reciprocal relationship with a historical document? Like how does it affect you now to be a believer in Jesus Christ? Well, it it affects me because um because I I believe that he that he said certain things and did certain things. Um I believe that he um I, I, I believe that he died for my sins, um, and I believe he rose again, and that uh, gives gives me hope for the resurrection. Um, and and he's he is that on which I stake myself, as as Peterson puts it when he talks about staking your your life on something. What do you mean um, by that? Well, I you know I believe that I believe that God is is worthy of, of worship. Um, and I believe that the sort of crown of, of that was in, was in God, uh, redeeming humanity. Hmm. Um, because I think we, we need a savior. I, I don't think that we can fix, I don't think we can sort ourselves out, um, 
because I think we're fallen and broken creatures. And we we needed God in, in his mercy to provide a way for us to uh, to have life and to be reconciled. So, so this way this way is a code then it, it's uh, or is it a contact? Like, well, so do you have a contact with God or do you have a code of evidence that helps you reconfigure yourself? Well, I wouldn't claim to have a, a contact in, in, in the way that, oh, you know, God spoke to me the other day. Again, there's a denomination that's into that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. um, I, I tend to be very cautious of that. So, so no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I, I receive direct communiques from God, but mm-hmm. um, but I, I think that the, the cumulative weight of, of the evidence that I see leads me to conclude that he is real and that he's made himself uh, known in, in the world and that he's that he's done something for me that that makes him worthy of um, of worship hmm. but what you when you say it's interesting you say reason yourself into a personal relationship um, I would agree to, to the extent that you could you know you could intellectually be like yeah okay I, I believe that there's a God I believe that there's Jesus but I don't really care <laughs> you know I mean hmm. fine great whatever I don't really want a, a, a relationship with 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 that even though I maybe I believe that it's true so um, I, I agree that that believing that something is true and um, believing it in a personal way you know like Peterson will talk about what you act out what you what you embody mm-hmm. what you stake yourself on um, so to, to that extent I, I see I kind of see the point you're making and I think I would agree with it to to an extent so do you act as if God is there or do you act in relationship to God? I, I just so you do not have or claim to have a personal connection or contact with the divine. But you do have a framework in which you situate yourself as though you have a direct connection to God? Well well, I mean I don't I can't I don't perceive God with my five senses, if if that's okay. what you mean by a by a direct contact. Um, but as I look at the world around me and as I look at the record of history, um, I, I am forced to conclude that he is real because I think that's where the evidence leads me. And I'm trying to follow the evidence where it leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the rational conclusion at the end, actually. The mm-hmm. rational conclusion is that, is that God is, is literally real. Um, so I wouldn't – if I said I act as if, that would imply, well, I don't really – I don't really think he's real, but I'm going to sort of pretend he is uh, because that's that's better for my life. Sort of like Blaise Pascal saying, well, I mean, come on, take a chance. What can what can it hurt? You know, yeah, just just in case. Right. You know, just in case belief. Um, I don't really go for that. I think you should believe something because you think it's true. And I guess that's that's what I would say. I, I, I think this is true. And that's why I. I live my life this way. Okay, um, so it does have an effect in your life through your behavior then. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Like how? Like like uh, you live according to a set of commandments or set of principles uh like the, how Jesus distilled them down to love your god and uh love your neighbor. That I mean, I them or something. I mean, I I I try to. I mean, obviously I'm not gosh i'm not not perfect i can't can't do that perfectly um but i you know i i pray like there's one concrete difference peterson will will talk about well how would your life be any different 
because um, if you're just trying to be a good person in general, then why would that change anything uh, concrete? Um, but I, I would say I would say one thing is that I, I have hope. Um, you know, I've I've hope in that there is there is a life after death, um, and also I I have I have a belief that that there is is somebody who created me and who who knows me um, to whom I owe something, you know, and and so I live my life in a sense as uh, you know an, an act of service to to God, um, not not just as an act of service to my fellow man, but also in, in recognition of, of God as, as the king and as the creator hmm. of, of the universe and, and of, of, of me. Mm-hmm. And th- this is where, this is just the, the one place where I, I kind of leave, the, uh, leave any given stated faith, because in my experience, there's a direct experience of the divine that is impossible to communicate through language, impossible to rationalize into or out of the status of being true. Um, and no given set of documents can actually lead you th- to that connection. Like you have to have a, uh, you have to be called to that path or you have to, um, you have to like like uh, the, the story of Paul, you know, like going around before he was Paul. He was Saul, right? And he was going around like, I'm going to go kill the Christians, kill the Christians, you know, yep, and then Jesus comes and go, pow. Like, and then he's like, it totally changes him. And, and mm-hmm. Paul was was given a gift that reformulated him around an experience, a personal experience. Um, and that that's where I depart. And I don't there's no. Um, there's no way around the fact that it cannot be shared directly with anybody else. It's between you and that which created you. And w- but without that experience, I don't know how you would base your religious claims, either religious or a religious claims, either for or against God. Without that religious, cl- without that religious experience, any sort of claim is a rationalization. Um, it's still just a a reasoned. Uh, way of entering into a postulated relationship rather than a, a a direct relationship itself with the creator. Well, I think we have to be careful to define our terms here. So, how do you define direct? I guess is is what I would be curious to know. <laughs> this is so dangerous. <laughs> this is where I wish I was hiding behind an icon. <laughs> I, I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> um, there there is a there there's a um, there is a okay, everything everything is necessarily everything that I say is necessarily unverifiable because I'm, I'm reducing it into language that is inaccurate. Um, there's a vibration, a force, there's a, a light uh, that suffuses reality, there's a, there's a love that connects everything, that, that, that flows from one thing to another, that's constantly suffusing and sustaining existence, and that human beings can be unaware of that, or more aware of that, but they need to go through a path a journey of being opened and trained by god to become uh, closer to god um sounds like the force it binds us it penetrates us it surrounds us you know exactly exactly yeah sure sure um well that that's a very it has a very impersonal feeling to it though um 
you know, so that that just sounds like you're kind of you make the path as you tread it, right? It's it, it's some sense, you know, the meaning is is what you bring, and then you're mm. connected to your fellow man, and that that's uh, that's what brings what unites people, and that you're sort of you have your ultimate goal, your highest aim, the highest good you can possibly conceive, as as Peterson puts it, and that is quote unquote God, you know, in some sense, that's what you're what you're aiming towards. Hmm. See uh, that that formula. I have a problem with that formulation because again, okay. it, it it well, there's two things. One, I cannot intend to get close to God. Like that, which is the highest, is so far above me that I have no, I have no way to bring myself up there. Uh, hmm. I, I have no way of ascending myself. My wings do not go that far. Um, so, I can agree with that. But, but it is an orientation. There is an orientation toward that which is, that which was, and that which will be, mm-hmm. that that I can orient myself towards in every given human activity that I do. I, I believe that I, I still, I do have the responsibility to form and formulate the meaning that I encounter. And that mm-hmm. even, even you, like without you going through the work of reasoning this all out, your Christianity, it would not be your Christianity. Like you, you've come to it and you've embarked on a journey that makes it part and parcel of who you are it builds into you and you build into it so there's a a reciprocal relationship with a a text and a a doctrine that that forms a relationship with reality or that you name as god i would give an example yeah there's a a scientist named uh, gunter beckley a, a, a german scientist he didn't grow up in a christian home he was just regular atheist background and um, he began in in his adult life he began doing some reading um, he began thinking about the way that things have an appearance of design in nature for example and he began studying those arguments and thought you know this is th- these are terrible arguments there's there's something here I, sh- I should look into this more um, and gradually over a period of several years he he realized that you know, as a good scientist, as someone who looks for the best explanation of all the evidence we see, um, he he could no longer d- deny that uh, that there is a God and, and that God is uh, seeks a personal relationship, um, and and furthermore, the reality of, of Jesus. And so he he eventually converted uh, to Christianity, and he says, you know, at no point did I have a, a lightning bolt from the sky or Jesus speaking to me or that kind of experience. I just over a gradual process, it wasn't immediate, but I, I, I d- decided that rationally that was that that was the best explanation. That's why I'm, I'm a Christian now. Yeah, but do you reason your way into love with somebody? You can reason well, your way out of it, but do you reason your way into love with somebody? How do you, how does how does a personal relationship result from a rational empirical argument? Well, I mean, think about it this way, and this is obviously not a, a perfect analogy um but you know suppose that you were suppose that you were adopted um and you never you 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 didn't learn anything about your biological parents until until you were an, an adult and then let's say you discovered that your mother had your biological mother had sacrificed a great deal um to bring you into the world and to give you up for adoption well and then you discover that she died of cancer two years ago and so you were never able to, to have a personal relationship with her, but you feel love for her because you realize what she did for you, 
um, and, and what she gave up for you. And so, um, you know, I, I obviously I don't think that's a perfect analogy because yeah. I, I think that, that Christ didn't stay at the grave, you know, but um, I, I don't think it's hard to to imagine uh, learning about a person you've never met and uh, feeling feeling love for that person once you understand what that person has has done for you that person has love for you um so i don't i don't think that's a that's problematic but again though i i would agree i mean i i think that i think there is evil in the world as well there's malevolence and there will be people who you know think about Gollum in the lord of the rings right and when he sees when he sees the sun he's like ah, nasty the nasty yellow face he, you know he hates the light he mm-hmm. hates the light and i think that i think in that same way there will be there will be people malevolent evil people in this world who for them christ will be the blinding burning kind of light that gives them a migraine because they they can't stand it it shows up all of their their ugliness and their darkness and the sin um and so the if they saw Christ, it'd be like, yeah, I, I know who you are and I hate you. I don't want anything to do with you. So you're um, now describing Christ as a phenomena then? Oh, no, no. I, I, I think I'm using the sun as, as, as an, like an, an analogy. Um, but I, I believe that Christ is, is, is a person. Um, and I think what Tolkien was doing, because Tolkien was a Catholic, um, yeah. I think Tolkien was using Gollum's uh, intense hatred of, of the light and of the sun as a, a sort of a, a metaphor or a way of understanding what it means when we in, in this life um, reject God because uh, because God's nature is, hmm. is perfect goodness. Um, and so perfect goodness, you know, it's like Cain and Abel. It's, it's the, it's the ideal showing up all of our, our failures and faults. Yeah. Um, and so um, I, I, Right. To clarify, I'm not saying that, that God is, is, is purely a phenomenon. I think he's, he's a real person. But I think that this is the kind of effect <clears throat> that God and, and Christ have on people. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm coming at it in the opposite, from the opposite point of view than, than probably anybody else you're going to argue about this. Um, I'm, I'm not an atheist at all. I, I'm, I'm a monotheist and etc. Um, but I, I just... Earlier, you said that we need more information. We need more revelation. Well, beyond beyond just like a bare bones um, first cause argument, yeah, I, I would agree that alone, that argument by itself, won't get you to. Well, I'm all, just I'm just trying to I'm stuff. trying to figure out how do how do I personally talk about revelation? If, if nobody else is experiencing revelation, people either reason themselves into a relationship with God or reason themselves out of a relationship with God. But nobody's experiencing God as a phenomena, as a phenomenological experience that undergirds every other experience, then there's no way for me to interact with this conversation. I'm, I'm out of this conversation. I felt I've felt out of this conversation for a long time because everybody's arguing ideas. They're not arguing experience. I guess because you fundamentally can't argue experience, but uh, that's, I'm just trying to clarify that when, when you describe Christ as a phenomena that, that Gollum has a reaction to, or that we like Gollum have a reaction to the light, the light of God, the light of Christ, or however we individually see that. I, I still, I pine for 
people that are looking for that, 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 that do see it in this present life, not as a historical, um, document or a first order cause anything impersonal like if it's truly personal then we would have a personal relationship it, and and the reason reasoning rationality is not a personal relationship that's an abstract relationship well i think that this is another thing i love about about peterson um again even though we 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 disagree i think he he's profoundly right when he talks about how how everything you do uh matters and how the choices that you make in this world with the people around you form your character um mm -hmm. they they shape and mold your your future self um so i think that there are decisions we make in this life that move us either closer to yes. to who we should be or farther from who we should be but i think that who we should be is 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 who god created us to be and who god wants us to be and i think god is is the source of of good things and um, how do we how do we know that how do we how do we find that path is it all in books is it all in the past has it all already been written or is there something is there guidance for me here now well i i think there's i mean we have that we have our consciences we we have the natural light um hmm. you know when we when we fail and we you know mistreat people that it bothers us because because it's like I shouldn't have done that. I know that was wrong. Hmm. Um, and so I think that, that that's our, our moral sense, you know, at, at work hmm. here. Um, and and we, could choose, we could choose to live with integrity or we could choose to rip people off. You know, we could, we yeah. can, we, we could be like Peterson or we could be like Pangburn, right? You know, um, <laughs> uh, so and these, these choices, you know, it's like T.S. Eliot writes in his poem, uh, Little Gidding, that every... Uh, I'm going to mess this up, but every every action, every step is a, a step to the block or to the fire or down the sea's throat. And that is where hmm. we start, you know. Um, hmm. And so I, the question, I think, at the at the end of the day is, is are we are we molding ourselves into the kind of people who who when we do encounter Christ, will we will we want him? You know, will we want to 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 serve him because i don't think you can ultimately have the good right because peterson's always talking about the good i think it becomes because the good flows from from god from christ i think at the end you you can't be united with that without being united with with the person of of god with the person of christ mm -hmm. and you know I, I don't see heaven as as being like a sit-down restaurant where, where you say yeah hi i'd like um you know my own personal spa and oh my cat died i'd like to have my my cat that would be good um at hold the god though i don't really i don't really need that i'll just be good with with my happy hunting grounds mm -hmm. heaven heaven doesn't work that way that's 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 a fake you know thomas kincaid version of of, of heaven and and on the flip side um i think that people have an immature view of hell you know do i had something i thought you were going to finish a sentence <laughs> oh I, i'm sorry now. sorry no please i i, I had something but it just it just slipped me um it's um there's a very strong evolutionary or darwinian explanation for the conscience 
and that the conscious masks itself as righteous when in in fact it's just a high order selfishness like i need to be very aware of the reciprocity in my social circle in order for me to function within a social circle and and there's a lot of arguments that i can't remember or really get into but if i act in good faith if everybody in the system is acting in good faith with everybody else and we all have reputations that we have to watch then that makes that a society can form very strongly or very complex society can form when there's personal responsibility and morality is a codification of certain behaviors that if you adhere to then the society itself will function at a higher and higher order um, it's not necessarily some sort of divine um, goodness that you're going for it's actually a very practical pragmatic way that human beings as social animals have evolved through just by brunt force of natural selection. Sure. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the, the way that Peterson goes with, um, you know, he'll talk about Jean Piaget, game theory. And yeah, how, game theory, yeah. Yeah, morality evolves as a process of, of imitation and imitating the, the ideal and that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I think that begs the question, though, it, 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 the philosophical sense of begging the question, that I, I think there's presuppositions baked into that. Um, and, Such and, as what? Well, that the that the evolutionary paradigm is is the paradigm for everything. That that's that's the paradigm that can explain uh, all all of this. And I I in the end I don't think that that has the the necessary explanatory power. Um, <laughs> it's really fucking hard to argue with once you like really get into it. Like it really is one of the sharpest tools in in the toolbox that you can't really get around. It basically basically you you set up different variations of of a behavior, let's say, and the most uh, the strongest behavior is going to survive and outmode and adapt uh, itself to keep on surviving. And so you, I, I don't I don't think that we can get away with that sort of breakdown, even though I don't I, I, I don't completely exist within an evolutionary framework myself. I do pine for something beyond the evolutionary framework, but it's so good at explaining how everything got to where it is right now and how everything can develop into the future that I don't, I don't, I don't see, I haven't seen anybody like actually get into the nitty gritty and, and, and show me like where it's wrong or where it doesn't actually adhere to human uh, experience. Well, but I, I think you're, you, you're, it's a naturalistic framework, right? You know, it's, uh, it's that we, we can explain everything that we see purely in, 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 in naturalist, um, or, or scientific terms. Again, that nature is a closed system. Nature is the whole show, right? And it's just mm. people interacting within that closed system. Someone's called it the iron box of naturalism, I think. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, I understand why people gravitate, why people have that 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 sense. Uh, but I, I would highly recommend a, a little book by C.S. Lewis called uh, called Miracles, um, which a lot of people have been getting into Jordan Peterson have also been getting into C.S. Lewis, which which is cool, I think, because Lewis went on a similar sort of journey to what Peterson is going on now, I think. Um, and, you know, the book Miracles, it's it's not like a heavy-handed um, apologetic text. He just says, look, let's just sort of think through carefully, being precise in our speech. Let's think about whether, uh, whether it's actually 
rational to think that nature is the whole show. Um, and you know he he's 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 not he's not trying to get you to a, a come to Jesus moment. You know he's not going to shove a tract in your hand, right? Or, um, but he's saying so. Let's think about about mind, for example, about about reason. Can we explain? Um, can we explain reason? Can we explain mind by by purely, you know, just matter in motion, natural causes? Um, and he makes the argument that that our our minds and our reason are sort of like like glasses. Um, so, or, or like looking through a window and someone says, oh, you're looking through a window. No, I, I'm not looking through a window. Yeah, yeah, you are. Or I'm not looking through glasses. Well, you have them on your face all the time. And so you forget that you're, that you're wearing them. And so then you, you might think that they're not there. And he said, our, our reason is sort of like that. Um, hmm. And that, that there's, it's, it's really tough um, to explain that in, in purely materialistic um, terms. And so, I think that once you crack the door open to naturalism being false, um, then you you know the whole new world of of, of potential explanations um, opens up to you. Besides the the evolutionary paradigm. But what are those um, potential potential explanations built on? Direct experience, or or strict scriptural, or doctrinal uh, principles? Like what are the of course, there's a, a billion different reasons that he could plaster anything. I just, I still, I'm still not convinced that reason is the path either towards or away from, from a divine revelation or, or divine experience or a divine relationship or divine resonance or whatever we want to call it. But, well, I mean, I, I suppose my, my question would be, um, so, so, so your your frustration or your difficulty do do you do you think it's it's possible that we could come to the conclusion that the existence of god is is more more likely than 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 not is 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 quite quite probable enough that we could be we could say confidently that that god exists but what what does that do what is that in the end how does a conclusion how does a rational languaged logical argument do anything for your soul how does that do anything for your life like like unless you use that to to pin a whole bunch of other things on like that that's not what's going to get you into heaven that's not what is going to show you god you're not going to get to god through your brain well i th i think we get to god through 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 Jesus, but I mean, you know, Jesus said a lot of specific stuff about himself um, mm -hmm. in in the New Testament. You know, I mean, he was he was not a shy guy. <laughs> you know, he uh, he he walked around saying. Well, but he was still a trickster, though. He was still pretty tricksy. Like he told parables. Like he. Oh sure, he was playing but, with but, language. Yeah, but but my point is that he wasn't. Um, he. He he said clearly, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what prophecies have said about me. This is why I'm here. Um, all right, I did that now, and now, here I am. Like I've I've, hmm. I've risen again. This is what this means. You know, hmm. this is this is who I am. Um, hmm. And so, if I believe that 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 that's true, that that actually split the timeline in real life, then that's an anchor. That's that's a historical anchor. And that sets Christianity apart from, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, which are just like, oh, well, this is just like a path you could follow. You know, it's just a way of life. 
Christianity puts itself on a limb and makes highly specific tied down claims about things that actually happened. Like, no, no, God actually came to the, mm -hmm. the pale blue dot, you know, mm -hmm. at this point in space time and said, explicitly said this stuff about himself and, and did these things. <laughs> and, and this is what we, uh, what we can, can grasp, you yeah. know? Um, so, so I agree that if God had, you know, stayed in the sort of this, this, this vague deistic, um, heaven and hadn't actually come come down and concretely communicated with people, hmm. that would be a very difficult God to get any kind of a handle on or, or to, to love or worship. Hmm. Um, but it's because I believe that, that God did come down into the nitty gritty. Um, and and he, he didn't, he hasn't done so with, with, with me right yeah. now. Like he hasn't spoken to me audibly, but there there were people with whom he he did and and i um you know by by cumulative case i have reason to to trust that they were in good faith when they wrote this down and that they weren't lying or deluded um and so that's what i go back to is that that tie down you know that that anchor i just it's not I, I'm I'm just in a weird spot because that's not radical enough for me. It's not enough for me that uh, other people, <laughs> other people in other times had these experiences and and wrote down these words. And uh, th it's great, I, and I totally appreciate that that has happened before me. But I I want something here and now because, and and it it can't be something that I think and it can't be something that I believe because my capacity for belief is too frail. My capacity to reason is too frail and too fraught and too, like, I, I hide things from myself all the time. I, I believe in things that don't exist. I, I, I think about things that aren't true, you know, and, and so I don't trust my organ. I don't trust these glasses of, of <laughs> belief on one hand and, and reason on the other to, to, to get me any further than to pragmatically figure out how to exist here and now. Like, those tools are for here and now. Um, but I, I believe or, or I have the orientation and then a feedback loop that, that gives me more than just hope, but like, like experience of something beyond this life or something behind or underneath this life. And, and there's no way that I can actually communicate that with the tools that religion has offered, except for certain strands of mysticism, like I, basically mystic traditions through various mostly monotheistic traditions. They're the closest I've come. Well, I mean, so uh, this is this is just where, where, where it's getting good, you know. So, I mean, I would agree. Lots of people have said lots of stuff and wrote written down lots of nice things and like, oh, this wonderful thing happened to me. And it's like, well, yay for you. It's not, yeah. I'm not I'm not feeling it. Sure. Um, I do think, though, that the the particular experiences that we that we find in the New Testament, and the particular message that that these disciples had, is unique. Um, I don't think it's just another mystical experience well, what, that somebody what makes had. It, what makes knows. it unique then? Oh, a lot of things. Um, and what I, what is what what makes it so unique that it stands in the way of me ever attaining it myself? That, that I have I, to rely on, on these guys who aren't around anymore to get close to God, who created me. Well, I think, I think that the experiences are, um, that, well, they're, they're unique in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, so it, in, in the sense that 
I, I, I can't come up with a with a good um, a good natural explanation for for the things that they were saying and the things that they were were reporting. Uh, besides that, a man literally died and rose again from the dead. Um, to to me, when I weigh up the evidence, that it seems like that's literally what happened. And so, if I believe that that's a thing that happened in history, that 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 Jesus actually rose from the dead, that's seismic. Um, that that's that's huge. Yeah, but that and, was two thousand years ago. Almost to the day now. We're getting close. Well, yeah, but when you put that together with, okay, so 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 just to clarify where where you're going, you're saying, okay, okay, suppose I believe that. Suppose I accept that. Um, that there was a guy who came down and died and, and rose from the dead. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Even if even if that were true, what does that mean? Okay, so that that that's a good question, and and I think to that you have to say, well, what else what else do we know about this this dude? Like what what did he what did he say about himself? Who did he say that he, that he was? Um, oh, that's weird. He said that he was equal with God to a bunch of Jews for whom that would have been uh, the most blasphemous thing you could possibly say. So it's not like he had anything to uh, get out of this. I mean, it wasn't like Muhammad saying, hey, I have a great idea, you know, free sex and conquests for everyone. Let's 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 go do this. Now, hmm. that that's a smart leader, right? That's somebody who who knew exactly what he wanted and went for it. That was Muhammad. That was not Jesus, though. Um, so you have to I think you the question you have to ask is who was Jesus, um, and what what did he what did he say about himself, and and what did he say was the significance of the things that were going to happen to him, and the things that that did happen to him, and so, you know, if a man tells me that he's God, I might think he's crazy at first because I don't know anything else about him, and so that seems like a good bet. You're crazy or you're lying or something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then. He makes specific predictions. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. This will be good. The predictions come true. Okay, mm -hmm. now I'm getting a little freaked out. Um, he rises from the dead. Now I'm really paying attention. Mm -hmm. um, and so he, he put this all together, and, and he said, this is what this means. It means I have power over, over death. It, 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 it means that death does not have a hold on me um and, and this this means that this means that i am god and and i love human beings and i see that human beings are 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 broken but i'm coming to restore that and i'm coming to bring healing and eventually I'm here to... or now um eventually you know that i've heard i've heard claims that that there are miraculous um healings in in places like africa or whatnot and I mean, I, I don't really care about the the physical yeah. medical healings. I'm talking about like if we're broken, we're broken in spirit. Yes, and, I think and, we are. And if yeah. I'm not going to be fixed in spirit until after I die, and I have certain words in my mouth and my brain, and then I get fixed in the end, that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me, even if God. Uh, let's just take all the claims that you're tr that are true. It's still me and my capacity of experience that I'm hinging my entire eventual fixedness on. 
Like, I want to be fixed now. I want to go through the process now while I'm alive with my volition to experiment with things and to mess up and then to get taught lessons and to find guidance and to build something out of myself. I don't want to just put it all on hold because of well, a bunch of claims, whether they're true or not. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree. It's not like a one and done thing. I mean, I think it's a really shallow view. There's, a, you know, this view of salvation. Oh, you have the date in your Bible and, and you prayed and you were saved. Boom, done. And that's like it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that. That's that's a silly view of salvation. I, I think actually, again, going back to Peterson, I think this could be uh, united with what he says about about the, the formation of, of, of character. Um, mm-hmm. I think in some sense, salvation is a, is a process. It's a it's a string of, of choices uh, that you make to follow to follow the good, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and to. Mm-hmm. Um, to yeah to, to to choose good but but to choose to choose god and i th- i think that god's that's that's the nature of god is the good and so i think that healing of our of our sinfulness is a, an ongoing process of repentance repentance is, is important too you know so you can't just say ah well you know i went to confession so i'm good i can go do whatever i want now and and i'll mm-hmm. i'll be I'll be cool with Jesus at the end. Hmm. No, you have to you have to repent. You have to take ownership of what you've done and take responsibility and and recognize that you've you've twisted the fabric of reality as as Peterson says. Hmm. Um so I I completely a- a- agree with you that fixing quote unquote it's not like a one and done thing. It, it could be a long sometimes a, a painful lifelong process of 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 failing and repenting and failing and repenting, but always trying to be good, always desiring mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. And then at, 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 in the end, I think that I think that after death, um, we will be we will be changed. You know, we will be restored so that we won't have to fight anymore. We won't have to struggle against who we are. Um, mm-hmm. And, I can't see uh, that far, <laughs> but there is a, the atheist argument that they they don't need all these claims about God to live a good life. That if that works sure. for you, fine. That if that works for you, if all these stories and doctrines work for you to live a good life and embark on the on the project, which is the most fulfilling project, refining yourself and becoming a, more and more a master of your passions and more and more uh, uh, attuned with reality or whatever you want to call it, they, they will say that I don't need that. I don't need this. All these claims. I can just go straight to the meat of the matter. I don't need the scaffolding or these training wheels to get me to be a better person well you know i i would agree with that to 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 a certain extent i think we all have a moral compass you know we 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 all can could sense um when we're doing things we're not supposed to do when we're not doing things that we we should be doing so um i would i would completely agree that that an atheist could um could act with with integrity in, in his life and in his work and all that sort of thing. I think that we could perceive that by the natural light, you know. Um, hmm. But but in the end, I, I think that I think what's what's missing though is that we need to be forgiven. Um, we we need to be forgiven for the for the the wrong that that we do. And Why? I don't. I, 
If I wasn't in control of myself and then I realized what I was, how, what, why do I need to be forgiven for something that I didn't even know I was doing wrong? Like, what, why does forgiveness, if I just simply evaluate my behavior and adapt my behavior, what does forgiveness add that other than just a bunch of psychological weight to that process of getting better? Well, well, I, I mean, forgiveness for, for things that you, um, that you did know you, you did that, that were wrong. Um, Forgiveness so, to who, though? To, to the people that I've wronged? Then, then I should ask their forgiveness. Why do I need, a, why do I need an overarching preternatural forgiveness from an entity that I can only have an indirect relationship with anyways? Like, what does that forgiveness add to that? Well, because I think that, um, I think that, I think that when we do wrong and when we hurt other people, yeah. um, I don't think that that's only a wrong, uh, done to, to those people. Um, I think that, I think that it's also, um, it's, it's also an, an act of, of, of rebellion, um, against God because God, mm put those people in our lives he he created them and and he created us and so then when we when we hurt them we're hurting people that, that he loves and that, that he's created and so that's a wrong to to him as as well as to them and so hmm. um so so that that needs to be there justice ha has to be done there, there has to be a a, a just um punishment for for that wrong and i don't think we're able to expiate it have you read the, the play uh Macbeth? uh i watched the film um but yeah do, do you remember the scene you know very famous scene where lady Macbeth is um sleepwalking around and she keeps like washing her hands over and over again mm. and she's like out 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 damned spot you know um and she can't do it. It's like she keeps trying and trying. It's like it's not it's not coming out, you know. It's it's not washing clean. And I think that's how it is with us. You know, we try, we try to make things up, but you know, sometimes sometimes you you, you can't go back. You know, maybe you, you hurt somebody in high school and then you try to go back and, and reconnect with that person and say you're sorry and, and it and you, and you can't, you know, and it, and it, it just doesn't work out. You can't make, make amends. You can't atone. And I think there's something in, in, the, in human nature that cries out um, to, to be for, forgiven for, for atonement. And it's like, I don't know how to, how to do this on my own. But then I think that that's what the gospel is, that the Christian gospel is that, um, that God in his mercy says, I know you can't. Um, and so, so, that's why I'm. Uh, that's why I've made a. I've made a way. Um, so this is this is this seems like one way in which the Creator interacts with you in your daily actual life. Like not through a historical document, not through a system of rationalized doctrine, but through a direct expiation or, or a, an atonement, and and you receive that through your faith. Oh well, well, yeah, and I, I would never say that this this is like, yeah. I mean, I I want to be clear here. Um, I I I come to my belief in God because I I think that God best explains everything that that I see. But once I believe in God, that has major ramifications for for my my life. And that you know, it's not 
like if I if I learn if I read a math textbook, great, okay, I, I have all this mathematical knowledge, but um, you know it only affects me in a very narrow, limited way. But this kind of knowledge, knowledge of of a God who created me and loved me and has forgiven my sins, hmm. is is personal. It's very it's it's uncomfortable, but it's it's very personal. Why, why and, do you say uncomfortable? What's uncomfortable about it? Well, I mean, nobody likes to uh, no nobody likes to feels if they owe something to someone. You know, I mean, that's that could be hard to to admit. You know, because um, or you know, and and I'm you know I'm naturally I'm a selfish person. Um, I you know I, I I struggle with 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 pride and with my selfish nature with wanting wanting what I want right now you know mm-hmm. what's what's best for me and so but if i believe in god that that means that i have to I have to have a certain amount of trust and i it means that i have to to submit you know i think about peterson's dream of uh like all the all the kings of the world rising up out of their their graves and bowing to christ and the way that peterson read that dream was that even the, the most tyrannical king must have someone to whom he he bends the knee, you know, um, and but you know Peterson hesitates to move beyond the, the phenomenological and and say that that's a literal person, um, but that's a profound truth, and then I think that that profound truth is made explicit, it is made real in Christ. It's like C.S. Lewis says, Christ is the story of Christ. The Christian story is the true myth. It's the the myth. That literally actually happened here and mm-hmm. now. It wasn't just an idea in the mind of man, you know. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to chase down where exactly in your life it actually affects you. It, it orients you like it organizes your consciousness. It orients you towards the good. Um, yes. And and it yes. seemed like you were on the verge of like having a personal like like it intersects with you on a personal level through forgiveness through through the recognition of your nature and then a, a transcendence of that nature or a washing of the stains that have accumulated to you on, on, uh, by dent of your imperfect nature. Oh yes. Right. A- absolutely. That, that I believe that that's p- possible, that that's even a thing that I could do, that I'm, I'm able to, um, that I'm able to repent and be forgiven of, of the, the things that I've done wrong. Um, that's, Right. That's that's a, a big way that it, it affects me. So I I think the two things, the two key things that Peterson is still wrestling with that he's missing by staying at the purely phenomenological. That's one atonement that the process of, of being forgiven and of having atonement for things you've done that you can't expiate on your own, um, but also resurrection, um, you know, which I've been discussing before. So, I mean, like, what do you say to to a parent who? Who lost a, a kid? Well, I mean, if if this is if this is all that that there is, that they don't have they don't have a hope, you know, to, to cling to. Hmm. Um, and you know, I've known of families, Christian families, who who lost a child, and and they'll they'll say that's that's what's been keeping us going, you know, is is the, the conviction um, that she's. That, that this didn't end her existence, that that she literally exists and that we will be able to embrace her someday. Yeah, but that um, might just be a useful fantasy. That might just be like a evolutionary behavior, an adaptation to call it. Well, 
you know, wishing don't make it so. I agree. You know, you you, you can't, um, you know, you can't say, well, I really, really want this thing to be true. Therefore, it's true. Clearly, that's that's fallacious. Yeah, it, it's very useful, though, especially if it if it's uh, ameliorating a heck ton of despair from your life or, or allowing you to go through the process of healing. If you postulate that eventually the baby and I will be conjoined uh, in a heavenly afterfield, that would help you get through the devastating here and now of crushing despair. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, it, that, that way of justifying redemption or the, or the, the idea of redemption, it, it's still, again, it's not radical enough. Like I want to be alive in my life. I want to, I want to not be dead. I, I've been dead before. I've been the walking dead. I've been an undead thing. And mm. what brings me to life, what, what makes me aware again of the beauty of the world, of, of, the, of, the, of the responsibility I have of being engaged with the world, is through some sort of transcendental contact. I, I don't... Well, well, here's it's a, a direct reality for me. Red, redemption, resurrection is an actual process of becoming more alive in my life, not necessarily after I die, but like going from a state of deadness to... Well, here's, here's a question. When you... And I, I, I apologize. This is, this is really interesting. I know we're, we're going on here, but um, is, is there, isn't there a sort of instinct when you when you feel alive in the world and you're you're in nature say and you're you're really connected with the beauty of nature and you're feeling you're you're in touch with your body and and you you're in community with people isn't there a, an instinctive sense of wanting to be thankful to to whoever or whatever yeah. made all this like made all this possible don't you kind of want to thank somebody for that yeah totally okay so you I mean yeah, kind of like if your if your mom makes your favorite dish for you, and right, you know, and you thank your mom, right? Yeah. So but I, I but I don't necessarily I don't personally think that when everybody has that experience of of being aware of how blessed they are or how blessed they are with with existence um, by going through states of being less blessed and then going whatever however you come to the realization that you're blessed i don't i don't necessarily think that the christian framework is any more apt um a a rubric in which to put one's thankfulness uh, i i think that that I, that's why I go go to I just collapse it down to monotheism. It's just like there is this there's that which is, and everybody is going to be from another uh, some culture or some particular. Even every Christian is going to have a different version of Christ in their head, right? It doesn't. I don't need that framework in order to, you know. I, and I don't. Furthermore, I don't expect everybody else to have the same framework in which I put my thankfulness of being aware of that. Though I, I, I still think that monotheism is the cleanest way of of organizing that in my mind. Um, I don't need to call it Jesus, even though sometimes I do. Well, I mean, ultimately, I guess I would say that I, I want to know what's true, um, you know, and and I, I want to know who Jesus actually was, um, hmm. you know. I, yeah, but I, uh, but but you also think that Jesus is like why don't like like that's the, that's the thing that's why I want to push against you is that it's just not radical enough. Like, don't you want to know who Jesus is, and how do you know who well, Jesus well, absolutely, is? Absolutely right. No, yeah, and I didn't mean to, to, to yeah, exclude I, that. Yeah, I was going, I was kind of being pedantic, but... Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, but I'm saying, suppose that I'm, I'm coming at this, suppose I'm not, I don't believe this yet, but I'm coming mm. at this from outside okay. the framework. Yeah. Um, these are the questions I think you have to ask. Um, 
in, in, in the pursuit of what's of what's true. Um, so, you know, if, if as I look at the world around me, it's like, okay, where do I send the the, the check, so so to speak? Like, who, <laughs> who do I? Who, wow, who do I have to thank for all this? And is okay. Um, it, do I do I have reason to believe that there's a personal God who created this and who actually gives a rip about me personally? Yeah, but does um, he give a rip about like the what you call him? Like, does it specifically? Do you have to call him Christ or imagine that he, or not imagine, but in the strong sense of of believe that he existed in a historical way? Do you have to go through all that leaps? Can't you just? have a direct relationship without all those words, without all that thinking, without all that doctrine, without all that reason? Can you not just offer, yield the fruits, you know, like uh, Abel did, you know, just render the best unto him and, and not have to stipulate any other characteristics to God? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, not to be pedantic, but I, I think Abel had as much of a relationship with God as, as he um, as, as he uh, was as he was given, you know. As he was able to uh, Aquinas or St. Augustine. Well, no, I mean, able, I mean, if we're thinking able, that's that's pre. Yeah. I'm saying like, like he had no less nor more relationship with God than, than Christian thinkers. I was just, I was just extending your analogy. Well, so I think there's a difference between people before Jesus who like all that they knew was the monotheistic um, God of, of, of the Jews so, but but that was all that they the light that they had had been given. I think there's a difference between hmm. people in that historical context and people like us who hmm. now we have the New Testament. Now we we we've got all this information. We have this this person Jesus who hmm. is sort of presented to us as a challenge. I think like what do you do with this guy? What, hmm. Who who is this? Um, so I mean to answer your question, I would say I. I I, I do think that that Jesus is um, ultimately I, I he he is the only way to God because he 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 said he was and then he he did things that convinced me that I should listen to him when when he said these things um, hmm. you know it wasn't just it wasn't just talk it was talk backed by by action um, hmm. you know and and so. If so, hmm. this 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 seems this seems to be what this seems to be the message that God has has given to us, um, and so I think that I think we have to follow that. We have to follow the evidence where it leads. We have to follow truth, um, and so yeah. I mean, now that again, though, that doesn't mean that that I believe somebody on a, a distant island who's cut off from, from Christendom and Western civilization, it's like, well, sucks for him. You know, I guess he's just hmm. going to hell or whatever because he never heard of, of Jesus. I don't believe that at all, you know. Hmm. Um, but I think, like, eventually, one way or the other, we we will have to decide what to do with Jesus, I guess, is a, hmm. a kind of a, a pithy way to put it. I wonder if... I, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to wrap up. Um, sure, yeah, I totally fine. have to work. But um, I wonder if... There, uh, just as Peterson is kind of a gateway for people to a uh, re- renewed interest in Christianity, people who are secular who grew up in a version of Christianity that didn't really resonate with them through Peterson's work, it begins to resonate with them. I wonder mm-hmm. if uh, if there won't be also a gateway of Peterson of of Christians going into a broader conception or more syncretic uh, syn- 
syncretic. Uh, there's a word. Syn- syncretistic. Syncretistic uh, uh, relationship with religion itself. If if there will be Christians who say, "Oh yeah, like now I now I understand how I can make sense of other religions and not necessarily have to say that mine's better than theirs," but like we're they're all speaking a, a certain sort of language that is it's talking about deeper truths about reality. And now I can go and be one and and I can form brotherhood with people of different faiths and different cultures. Um, I mean, the union tools of that Peterson's bringing to the table. Yeah, I mean that 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 could happen. I'll I'll just say I haven't really heard of that. Um, hmm. You know, everything that I've been hearing is going very much going the other way. And I mean, maybe this would be a nice place to to end. But I I got a a, a neat message from a guy who um, he he grew up in the church and then he just kind of you know didn't think there was good reasons for it and left in in college. I think. Um, he got into some substance abuse and, and, and really not great stuff. And so that Peterson helped him put his life together um, and then also sparked a renewed interest in in religion and, and in hmm. Christianity. And so what, what this guy said was that at a certain point, though, as he listened to Peterson, he felt like there was a certain amount of diminishing returns, you know, because he he's like, OK, we're, we're carrying our cross up this hill. What's at the top of the hill? I mean, like, where, hmm. where's this all? Where's this all going? I mean, this this is great, but I'm not sure what this is pointing to, like what this is tending towards. Um, and we know it's not the alt right. So. <laughs> uh, yes, I think we could safely say it's not the alt right. Yes, yes. Uh, but but anyway, so, so this guy said I began having another look at at you know bona fide Christianity, and hmm. it suddenly began making a lot more sense, and it began clicking, and um, and and so now he he calls himself um. A Christian, and you know he had he had some other, um, hmm. you know he he had a personal experience of of, of feeling like he was uh, he no longer had a desire to abuse substances, which I can't say where that comes from. It may be that that God gave him that as a gift, but it could also be natural. But um, you know through a combination of, of of things, that's that's where he is now. But I thought that was a great. Uh, illustration of, of the kind of path I think a lot of people are taking and, and will continue to take. So, hmm. maybe, you know, you're right that that's something that, that that could happen. I'm just saying that I haven't I haven't particularly seen that. I think the, the Christians I've seen who actually interact with Peterson, as opposed to the Christians who just kind of see him at the distance, they're like, oh yeah, that's a thing that they ignore him and move on. The hmm. Christians who actually engage with him um, are not like shifted from from their view but they're they're hopeful and intrigued that over time he'll he'll learn more about the the christian view isn't that how you wrap up your article um about the peterson uh, harris debates um that you did this summer where you said that there's a lot of work for christians to do to to take to move to take peterson as as a writing prompt and and move forward absolutely yeah and i think i mean we didn't Unfortunately, we didn't have time to get into this, but there's a lot of things that, that I think the church has not done very well that I think we could learn from Peterson. Um, hmm. The feminizing of church is a, is a, a big problem. I don't think it's, it's been great for men in that sense. It's off-putting hmm. to men in some ways. Um, but yeah, the way I put it, as I said, that, that Jordan Peterson has set the ball in a way um, and that the church has to spike it. You know, we, yeah. we have to come along and say, okay, well— Here's our here's our justification. Here's why we don't think that Peterson actually can can get you as far as you need to go. Here's why. Here's what we think is at the top of the hill. You know, here's mm. here's where this is all tending. You know, mm. this is what 
this is what it needs. You know, um, Augustine said our, our hearts are, are restless um, until they find their rest in, in thee, speaking of, of God. Um, so that's the, that's the hope. I think that's the rest for, for restless humanity. 